0: Dr. Daniel Amen is a physician, board-certified child and adult psychiatrist, award-winning researcher, and 17-time national best-selling author. He's the founder and CEO of Amen Clinics and was the lead researcher on the world's largest brain imaging and rehabilitation study on professional football players. He is one of the best in the world when it comes to all things brain health. And today, it's great to have him back on the show to chat about his latest must read titled You Happier The Seven Neuroscience Secrets of Feeling Good Based on Your Brain Type. Doc Amon, welcome back. Well, thank you so much.
1: What a joy to see you.
0: I wish we were in person. Me too. Me too. You know, your work has always been very important. But as I think about the state of the world in 2022, the the book is fantastic. And and I think COVID accelerated trends that were already happening, you know, beyond health and wellness. And I think about mental health, there was already that trend there and COVID accelerated it, made it a hell of a lot worse. And you start off the book. I love how you frame it up. We're, We're getting so much wrong when it comes to our mental health, and our happiness, and and you have these eleven lies that we're being told in terms of our happiness. We don't need to go through all eleven, but in your opinion, what are the top three? When you dug into the research, you just said, "Wow, like this is astounding."
1: One more of something will make you happier. That's a lie. In fact, that's why many famous people become very unhappy because. The more you need of something, the more dopamine your brain produces and actually begins to wear out the pleasure centers in your brain. So part of being happy is managing the dopamine availability in your brain and learning to be happy with what you have. Another lie of happiness is. Don't worry, be happy. Bobby McFerrin's Grammy winning song. The idea that you shouldn't worry is actually a prescription for misery because people who have low levels of anxiety die early from accidents and preventable illnesses. Another, of the lies of happiness is Coca-Cola's slogan, open happiness it's a lie. It's, you know, anybody that's drinking sugar-laden soft drinks, it's opening illness. It's opening obesity, diabetes, inflammation, and depression. And, you know, corporate food, America, they're just lying to the population all over the place. Happy meals. They're not happy meals. They're depression meals, their hyperactivity meals. We need to be so much more thoughtful at looking at the schemers around us. You know, I often talk about, are you a sheep, a sheep, dog, or wolf, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, most of the population is a sheep because 72% of us are overweight, 42% of us are obese and. According to a new study from JAMA, 50%, 5 0% of the population is diabetic or pre diabetic. Well, that's because we have bad habits that were fed to us so that other people could make money on our early death. And, you know, the podcast Hannah and I do is called The Brain Warrior's Way because you're in a war for the health of your. Brain. And so that doesn't mean you're not happy. It just means you're armed, you're prepared, you're aware. So you could win the fight of your life and that helps you be happy. Bonus money will make you happy. It's actually true up to about $75,000. And then the relationship between money and happiness completely goes away. So if you're spending all of your trying time, trying to make money and none on your relationships, odds are, you're going to be pretty unhappy.
0: Agreed with everything you said. And on one hand, it's very difficult just to say, all right, I'm going to eliminate my anxiety and that some level of anxiety is appropriate, is helpful. And on the other hand, you can't just say, I'm going to numb it with a pill and I'm all good, good to go. So how do you think about the nuance of anxiety and what is appropriate, what is okay, and how we should reframe our relationship with anxiety as this thing that we just like want to push to the side and think we can completely get rid of. So appropriate anxiety is just critical.
1: I don't want anybody suffering, but you know, I used to think my job as a psychiatrist was to lower your anxiety until I realized for about half my patients, I need to raise their anxiety. And the imaging work we do at our clinics really helps. And you have to come because when you see your brain is not healthy, as healthy as you want it to be, you get super serious. Like we do this series on Instagram called Scan My Brain, where we're scanning influencers. And we just did Major League Baseball great Torrey Gloss. He's the 2002 World Series MVP and he was drinking too much and he was overweight and he had a lot of bad habits and his scan looked awful. And it was a little bit of, I don't want to say come to Jesus, but come to your brain moment. And he just did everything I asked him to do. And he was horrified. And two months later, his brain was already getting better. I was so excited. I scanned him two months later and his wife said, it's scared him enough to do the right things. And now she feels like she has her husband back the best part of him. But you know, of course, if you never look, you never know.
0: And low frontal lobe function goes with unhappiness. So you, joked. jokes, you said, come to Jesus and in the book, you've got this fantastic list of the seven secrets to happiness that no one is talking about. And number seven is we need clearly defined purpose, values, and goals. And it seems like a lot of us are lost. A lot of us are are looking for purpose. Why is it so critical to believe in something bigger than oneself in terms of our brain health? And I'm curious from your perspective, like what's going on in the brain when this happens? purpose you know i ask all of my
1: patients what do they want and 90% of them are vague and it's things like a promotion or to retire or more money and i'm like no 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 <laughs> what do you want in your relationships work money what do you want in your physical emotional and spiritual health it's really in that balanced way. And when I get people focused, every decision goes through, does it fit? Cause each of the seven secrets have seven questions and the research shows is that purposeful people live longer purpose all by itself increases dopamine, but it doesn't dump it. It drips it. If I know, like doing this interview with you, it's right in the center of my purpose of sharing the message I have to your audience and to the world, well, that just makes me feel good. It gives me a reason to get up. It gives me a reason to want to live longer. And purposeful people not only live longer, they're happier. They have better relationships. Their overall physical health is better. And spiritual people go to church, for example, when they get depressed, they get better twice as fast because it's not all about them. And when your life is all about you, you're not connected and our connections, which is the sixth secret is absolutely essential foundational to happiness.
0: So before we go to connection, I think that's so critical, given the loneliness epidemic. I want to build off spirituality, and you talk about the power of mindset, and you've got a great game. You call the GLAD game. Can you talk about the GLAD game? Oh, I love this. I actually learned it from the Disney movie, Pollyanna, that came out,
1: I think it was 1960 or 1961. I make all of my grandchildren watch it. The GLAD game is whatever situation you're in, like a pandemic, what is there to be GLAD about? It's really learning to shift your mind to gratitude, even during hard times for the last three generations, we've had two parent working families here in California. It's 90% of mothers were outside the home. The bond between parents and children for three generations have been strained because both parents are tired and they don't have the sort of time to regenerate and then give to their children for many, many families during the pandemic, the bond between parents and children got much stronger because you just had more time. So for example, right before the pandemic happened, Tana and I, my wife, Tana and I adopted our two nieces at the time, you know, where they were 10 and 15 because their parents just couldn't stop abusing drugs. And with our other daughter, I mean, we would have dinners that would go on for two hours and we'd cook together and we'd do the dishes together and we talked about everything. And I'll always cherish that. So yes, we can list all the bad things about the pandemic and there were many, but we could also look at what is the benefit of having to spend more time with your nuclear family. And I would argue it's just huge.
0: And, and so we are in a loneliness epidemic and are things getting better? You know, we're going to this world where look, you and I used to do this in person. Now we're doing it virtually and Hey, that works. It allows you to be in, in something beautiful, California. I'm here in New York. There are a lot of advantages, but. Are you, I know you closed the book you're hopeful, but in terms of the loneliness epidemic and the damage it's doing, are you optimistic? For people who read this book, I think it will
1: help them so much because they'll learn not only to their brain type, they'll learn to manage their mind. They'll have healthier brains and relationships. And I'm very optimistic that we're learning the technology to help people be happier. There are forces against this happening and we have to fight them. For example, the pharmaceutical industry is not interested in getting people. Well, it's interested in making money and it's really clear. I heard John Paul DeJoria, who founded Paul Mitchell speak once and he's brilliant. And he said, you never want to be in the order business. He said, you always want to be in the reorder
0: business.
1: (laughs) And that's what happened to psychiatry. The pharmaceutical companies that serve psychiatric patients are not interested at all in fixing the problems people have. They're interested in recurring orders. And so the insanity of my profession, I hear my patients all the time come in and they say, the doctor diagnosed me with bipolar disorder. The doctor diagnosed me with schizophrenia. Doctor diagnosed me with depression, panic disorder, based on symptom clusters with no biological data and said, oh, this is a genetic disorder and you need to stay on these medications the rest of your life. So that's the gravy train for the pharmaceutical industry. And what I heard, Pfizer is projected to make billions of dollars. And I'm just like, no, no, no. You know, and I'm not opposed to medicine, but it's just never the first and only thing I think of. And not once in my 40 years have I said, you have this diagnosis and you have to take medicine for the rest of your life. Because how do I know that? right? I'm like not a magician. And when I get your brain right, you need less medicine. Many people need no medicine, but these same doctors that say you have this problem for the rest of your life, never talk to them about gluten or dairy or corn or soy or artificial dyes and sweeteners. And they never talk to them about your brain isn't organ, like your heart is an organ. And if I get your brain right, odds are you're going to think, right. You're going to feel right. You're going to behave right. I'm in Justin Bieber's docu series called seasons. And it became public a couple of years ago. I've been his doctor for a decade and he came into my office one day and you know, like many superstars. Sometimes he'll come and sometimes he won't, sometimes he'll do what I say. And sometimes he won't, but he was going through a hard time. And he said, I think I got what you are trying to tell me. My brain is an organ. Like my heart is an organ. If you told me I had heart problems, I'd do everything you said. He said, I'm going to do everything you say. And then he got radically better. And you know, most people who see cardiologists have never had a heart attack. They're there to prevent them. I see a day if we can get the pharmaceutical tentacles out of psychiatry, I see a day where psychiatrists should act the same way is you have the risk factors for depression, or you have the risk factors for psychosis or anxiety. Let's work to prevent them.
0: We believe food is medicine. And, you know, you mentioned gluten, you mentioned dairy and this notion of, you know, we're here to do everything we can to take proactive measures to ensure we never have a problem. And so with that said, I know it's hard to generalize and I, and you do have some great brain types in the book, which we'll get into momentarily for those about to go grocery shopping. What are some of those brain foods, those targeted nutrients that pretty much everyone will benefit from incorporating into their diet. So I'm a huge fan of berries, organic
1: berries, and get as many different colors as you can. So blackberries and blueberries and raspberries, I'm a big fan of healthy, sustainable fish, high in omega-3 fatty acids, vegetables, colorful vegetables can be. So I just had lunch and I had a big salad with red bell peppers and orange bell peppers and cucumbers and olives. And it was amazing oils, especially olive oil. Now don't cook with olive oil, but put it on your salads can be just so healing and helpful nuts seeds. Think of shopping more on the outside of the grocery store rather than the aisles that have processed foods. And just because your parents did it with you, TV dinners, sugar cereals, doesn't mean it's gonna help you live longer. And it's not a good thing to do for your kids and exposure equals preference. What you expose your children to is likely to be what they're going to want throughout their life. So getting it right, with kids is essential and stop starting the, their day with sugar cereals donuts, pastries, muffins. It's just insane because people are so busy. They do what's quick and often, you know, that kids can't pay attention in school. If they get diagnosed with ADHD and get on stimulants, And, you know, when I see a child who has ADHD, the first thing I want to do is fix their diet because kids who go on elimination diet, basically eliminating the crap after three months, 70%, seven, zero percent of them lose their ADHD symptoms. So it's like, shouldn't we do that first? Of course we should do that first, but it doesn't fit the pharmaceutical narrative.
0: Wow. So you mentioned nuts and seeds and I love nuts and seeds. So I'm curious. Do you have a ranking? What, how do you rank your nuts and seeds?
1: My favorite nut is a walnut because it looks
0: like a brain
1: and is high in omega-3 fatty acids. And, and favorite seed is pumpkin seeds because they've been found to increase. Dopamine availability in the brain. If you have sort of a lull
0: in the afternoon pumpkin seeds can help. I love it. And they're, they're rich in iron, great source of iron. So you have these brain types. I, I, I think they're spot on. You've got balanced, spontaneous, persistent, sensitive, and cautious. Could you just briefly summarize it? I, I think they're spot on and they're fun, like briefly brief summarize each one. So our audience can kind of venture a guess. although they need to pick up a book and really dive in, but just briefly summarize each one for us. The issue with brain types is so interesting. We just went over
1: 200,000 scans at Aman Clinics. clinics have 10 clinics around the country. And what the scans taught us is personality types actually relate to brain types. And I created five primary types balanced. You have a healthy brain and you tend to be focused and flexible, positive and relaxed. And then there's the spontaneous type. They tend to have sleepy activity in the front part of the brain, creative, spontaneous. They love surprises. Almost anything will make the balanced brain type happy. The spontaneous people need novelty. They need to be creative to sort of play outside the box, think outside the box. They also tend to be late, a little bit disorganized, distracted. Type three is the persistent brain type. They hate surprises. So you have to know your brain type to know what makes you uniquely happy. The people who are persistent, they're a little bit worried and rigid. And if things don't go their way, they get upset. They hate surprises, but love routine. They love ritual. So the persistent brain type, you know, if they're married or they're in a long-term relationship, you know, sex may happen Tuesday night and Sunday morning. For the spontaneous type, that just makes them unhappy to have that kind of routine. Type four is the sensitive brain type. They need people. They're deeply empathic, often make great therapists, hairdressers. They're listeners. They need people. They need connection. The pandemic was especially hard on them. And type five is the cautious type. They need security. They tend to be prepared. Maybe some of our preppers and can be anxious and tend to predict bad things are gonna happen. They do really well with warm baths, a massage, lavender, relaxing music. So knowing your type and you happier, I talk about that, it it can just help you so much.
0: I I love it. I think the types are brilliant and I encourage everyone to pick up the book and really dig in and figure out their type and, and then follow your plan, if you will. So in closing, Again, I know it's hard to generalize, but I, I always try to do it in the show. Is there one thing that everyone should do that would have some sort of minimal, even minimal impact, 10%, 20% immediately on their happiness. Come through your day, ask yourself is what I'm about to do Is what I'm about to say is what I'm about to eat
1: good for my brain or bad for. It? And you can answer that question with information. At law, You're gonna be happier. But my favorite tip, the one I use every night before I go to bed at night, I say a prayer, and then I go out and treasure hunt. I ask myself, what went well today? I start at the beginning of the day, and I actually search through each hour what happened and I liked what happened that made me happy in that way. I'm actually setting my dreams up to be more positive, which also I'm going to be happier tomorrow.
0: Wow. Powerful. Doc Amon, always a pleasure. You happier the seven neuroscience secrets of feeling good based on your brain type. I love it. Thanks so much, doc.